0: Wildwood Community Church exists to shine as light in our homes, in our community, and in our world. To contact us or for more information, see our website at wildwoodchurch.org. Hey, listen, if you would, if you have a Bible, take it out and open it to uh, the Gospel of Mark in the 10th chapter. And uh, if you don't have... A Bible, there should be one under a chair in front of you. You can turn in the back portion of that Bible to page 35 and you'll find yourself at Mark chapter 10. What we want to do today is really two things. I think one of the things we want to do is we want to stir up some of the coals of the vision of Wildwood. We want to rekindle a little flame, see some flame pop up again. And the other thing we really want to do is we want to give you some insight And to some of what God has been doing, particularly from a leadership standpoint, um, a lot of times you may not really know what's happening behind the scenes. We're going to share a lot more of that this morning. So it's going to be a good time as we try to stir up those coals of our vision, particularly for Pass It On, Lighting the Way for the Next Generation. Now it was a year ago, roughly, that we met, and uh, we were talking about the vision for what we were going to be doing. And part of that vision involved the concept that children are wet cement And part of that vision involved the concept of elastic faith, where we're believing God for something bigger than us, and we want to see him stretch us, and we want to see ripple impact in what God does. And so part of the idea of children as wet cement came from Mark chapter 10. I want to go back there for a moment, and what I would like to do is read verses 13 to 16, and notice what happens here. It says, they were bringing children to Jesus so that he might touch them. Seems fine, but the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said to them, Permit the children to come to me. Do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will not enter in at all. And so Jesus took the children in his arms And he began blessing them, laying his hands on them. What an interesting little scenario. And you can almost picture what this would be like if you were the disciples and you were the inner guys and you're trying to control the people who would come to Jesus and you're thinking, you know what? Important people ought to come to Jesus. Uh, We don't really want children bothering Jesus. Because if you looked at children, I mean, think about it. None of them had any money to invest in the ministry. None of them were going to help them with the funds that they might need to carry on their ministry. And not only that, but none of them were going to be bringing other people to Jesus. And so the disciples' attitude really towards the kids was, let's not really have them around. We want the important people to be around what Jesus is doing. And uh, you can just almost get the idea. I mean, they're thinking in their minds, how irritating to have kids around. I mean, kids make noise. Kids have short attention spans, shoo them away. And notice the response of Jesus. It's really strong. It says that Jesus was indignant. It's a word that means strongly angered. He was deeply displeased with the stance of the disciples, he was irate. In fact, he reprimands them. He says, Permit the children to come, do not hinder, literally, stop. Hindering them from coming to me. For the kingdom of God is belonging to such as these. And I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will not enter in at all. It's that childlike faith and dependence that everyone needs to have. Now, why did Jesus have this attitude, and why did the disciples miss this? I think part of what was involved is this idea that children are wet cement. What do we mean by that? We mean that children are easily marked. They're teachable. They're reachable. They're moldable. And part of what really energized us about this whole idea of our passing on initiative where we want to light the way for the next generation, we're involved in developing a facility to double our children's ministry is this idea that children are wet cement. Tom Rainier has said this. He says, 90% of all people who accept Christ, everybody who accepts Christ in our culture, 90% of them before the age of 20. Now, we're glad that there are people beyond the age of 20 who come to know the Lord personally, but of everyone who will trust Christ, 90% of them will come to faith in Christ before the age of 20. And when you look at our our, our full-time pastoral staff, it's interesting what you see. When you look, for example, at John Abernathy, who is our family pastor, he trusted in Christ at the age of eight. When you look at uh, Brian Hayes, who you saw praying here earlier, our children's pastor, he trusted Christ at the age of eight also. Uh, I trusted Christ as my Savior at the age of 11. Jeremy, who uh, is our college pastor, and they're off on a camping trip today, he trusted Christ at the age of 15. Mark, our executive pastor, uh, trusted Christ at the age of 16. Dave, who is our youth pastor, trusted Christ at the age of 18. And Greg, who is our worship leader and leads us in worship, trusted Christ at the age of 19. Isn't it interesting? 100% of our full-time pastoral staff trusted Christ before the age of 20. Now, you know what that means? That means that 90% of the future leaders of Wildwood Those who will be the leaders of Wildwood, say, 30 years down the road. Now, you'll probably still be here, but I'll be gone by then. But 90% of them right now are in our children's ministry, in our youth ministry, in our college ministry. Now, that's kind of an amazing thing to think about. And that's one of the reasons why we're so passionate about what we wanted to do in terms of our Pass It On initiative, because children are wet cement. So we just want to kind of stir that thinking up with you bring a little of the flames back to the surface so we remember that that's part of what's driving us. And then the other part of our vision was this idea of elastic faith, that we want to do something that is bigger than us, bigger than than we could really do by ourselves. And not only that, but we want God to stretch us in that. And then we want there to be ripple impact that goes beyond maybe what we would initially see happening. And a great illustration of elastic faith and ripple effect is the life of J. Edwin Orr. Some of you may recognize that name. He went on to become the World Missions Professor at Fuller Seminary, but at the age of 25, he was a young evangelist. And here's what's really neat. There were two businessmen who had elastic faith, and they said, you know what, we will pay your expenses, J. Edwin Orr, to go over to Hong Kong and to conduct evangelistic meetings. And so he went. And they had multiple meetings with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people in Hong Kong. And what was interesting is, do you know how many people responded to trust Christ as Savior in Jay Winore's campaigns in Hong Kong? One. One person trusted Christ. A 13-year-old by the name of Willard Grant. And Willard Grant wasn't even from Hong Kong originally. He was a child of missionaries. So J. Edwin Orr does all of this. We had two businessmen who had elastic faith and believed that God could do things come back with one convert. In fact, J. Edwin Orr came back really feeling like he'd been a failure there. But what he didn't know is there was this young man, Willard Grant, who came to Christ and he had a real passion because of his own experience of coming to Christ before the age of 20, and he wanted to reach children. And he came to the United States from there, went through some schooling, and met his bride-to-be whose name was Margaret. And Willard and Margaret Grant became traveling evangelists for children. And it's really an exciting story to hear about it. For 40 years, this blows my mind, for 40 years, five days a week, they went on the road presenting the gospel to children. And uh, they had a, a trailer that they would trail behind them, had 150 marionettes on there, and they would make these gospel presentations around certain themes to, to children. They put 4 million miles on their vehicles in 40 years. What is really interesting is that in 1969, some 32 years after, almost a third of a century after J. Edwin Orr went to Hong Kong, Willard Grant had an opportunity to go to Hong Kong To also do evangelistic meetings, and because he was raised there as a missionary kid, he spoke Cantonese, which also brought more people out, and uh, he was able to present the gospel message to thirty-five thousand Chinese children, of which eleven hundred of them trusted in Christ. Pretty amazing stuff, and you think about those two businessmen who had elastic faith say let's send this young evangelist and it all came back looking like failure but you see you just never know what God is doing. And not only did you have 1,100 uh, Chinese children who came to trust in Christ but literally tens of thousands of American children who were the recipients of the ministry of Willard and Margaret Grant as they traveled around and including in that, included in that group was an 11-year-old boy who went to a meeting in Prairie Village, Kansas, and, and heard them present the gospel, and he responded in faith, and that 11-year-old boy was myself. And then, you know, you think, I'm one of tens of thousands of kids who responded, and yet, the, see the ripple impact of all this stuff? You just wonder what the stories are gonna be in heaven one day, just from really one person coming to Christ, just one person. And today, uh, Margaret is robust, 82 years old. She still teaches children's church. I mean, that's a go-getter. But here's one of the things she said to me. She said, Bruce, when we went to these meetings, we used to pray to the Lord. And this is what we would pray. We would pray, God, we don't know the potential of these children, but we're going to ask you to take the gospel and to take the word of God and use it in their hearts. And we just want you to understand it's that kind of vision that has powered us forward in our Pass It On initiative where we want to light the way for the next generation. And we want to have the elastic faith to to trust God for something that's bigger than us. This is the biggest thing Wildwood's ever taken on. And we need God to be in the middle of it. And we want there to be ripple impacts, you see, that are going to go on in ways we would never measure. I want to to read you this quote from Gordon MacDonald. I just love this quote because he puts his finger right on the point. He says, Church growth is ultimately accomplished in a climate of faith. No church has ever been blessed by God's Spirit if it has restricted its decision-making to the obvious and the safe. Faith demands the willingness to take large risks, which really aren't risks at all bold decisions are not stupid ones. They are not the result of one person who wishes to build an organizational monument to himself. Rather, they are the believing decisions made by a prayerful leadership of men and women of faith who are trusting God for great things. Bold decisions are made by people who are not totally sure of the results But they know their church belongs to the Lord, and where he leads, it will be his concern. They step forth in faith, and God responds. And it was, really, a little more than a year ago. Actually, before that, we began to step forth in faith. And part of what we want to just share with you is what God has been doing and how God has been responding. And So now I'm going to just pass the ball over to Mark. Thanks, Bruce.
1: You know, I I remember distinctly in an elder meeting uh, a couple of years ago when we felt like God was really leading us to take an increased investment in our children's ministry, and and we were excited about that, but it certainly was going to be a step of faith, just like what Bruce was was talking about a minute ago, and it was going to be a step of faith on a number of levels, but one of the levels where we were going to have to trust God had to do with our facility, Uh, because right now in our facility, uh, we don't have the physical space to accommodate that many more children. And so if we believe God wanted to increase our investment in children in the community, then we, this was an obstacle that we were going to have to take to him by faith. And so we did. And, and, and you may have been around last year when we began talking about this, but we began talking about a 20,000-square-foot children's ministry building addition uh, that would be a part of our Pass It On initiative. And, and when you look at the, the picture up on the screen, you can see the, the site plan down there. It's where it says site plan at the bottom. That's 24th Avenue the white there is our existing building, and then the yellow behind it, that L-shaped yellow structure there is the new children's ministry addition. That's 20,000 square feet of dedicated children's ministry space. And uh, we believe that that was the next step, and you see some pictures of what that looks like, but that roughly gives us twice the amount of children's ministry space that we have now. So, as we felt God leading us to this point, uh, we felt like The next step was to take uh, this step of faith by constructing 20,000 square feet of children's ministry space. And so that's where we we started that a while ago. Now, um, one of the things that I wanted to do today, and Bruce and I wanted to do, was for our conversation not to focus on us want in our conversation not to focus on just a history of Wildwood because in reality what we're talking about is not just something that the leadership at Wildwood has been a part of and not just something that you've been a part of as a person but something that God has been doing in our midst. Uh, If you were around last year, you probably got a prayer guide that looked like this Uh, and inside this prayer guide there was a lot of direction to pray during the Pass It On Initiative uh, in 2008. But on the back cover of this prayer guide was a verse, Psalm 145, verses 3 and 4. Uh, and Psalm 145 really is a very fitting passage for us to reflect on concerning this, this project. It's also something that's fitting for us to look at even this morning. And so we've got it up here on the screen, and I just want to read it for us. It says, "'Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation will commend your works to another. They will tell of your mighty acts.'" They will speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty, and I will meditate on your wonderful works. They will tell of the power of your awesome works, and I will proclaim your great deeds. They will celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. And when you read a psalm like that, it's logical for us to ask the question, what is this psalm about? Just look for a second. What is this psalm about? This psalm is about Him. Look at what it says. This psalm is about His greatness, about His works, about His mighty acts, about His majesty, His wonderful works, His awesome works, His great deeds, His abundant goodness, and joyfully singing of His righteousness. This psalm is a psalm that is declaring to God how great he is for what he's done, things that God had done, not just in the past, but things that God had done in the lives of the psalmist. He noticed, and this psalm was about that. What's interesting is the psalm doesn't just talk about a subject. It doesn't just talk about what it's about, but it also has some action points associated with it. The action points are things that deal with us. The psalm is about God, but the action points deal with us. It says that we are to commend his works to another. It says that we are to tell of his mighty works, that we are to speak of the glorious splendor of his majesty, that we will meditate on his wonderful works, that we'll tell of the power of his awesome works, that we'll proclaim of his great deeds, that we'll celebrate his abundant goodness and joyfully sing of his righteousness. See, this psalm is so fitting because it talks about one generation to another recognizing the great works of God And then declaring it back and forth and really that's what we wanted to do today as we catch everybody up to where we've been in the Pass It On initiative and as we look ahead to what's next it's important for us to remember his mighty works so as we remember his great and mighty works uh, we wanted to walk you through a timeline where we see some of what God has done and the first point on that timeline is in December of 2005 in December of 2005, we began to realize that we had some space problems. Now, those of you who have been around Wildwood for a while, you might be like, wow, you're kind of late to the party. You just figured it out in uh, 2005, right? <laughs> um, the, the reality is that we had seen this issue before, but it was in December of '05 that we began to have some strategic conversations about how God might want to meet those challenges that we were facing with our facility. And and you know some of the things that we noticed then have really come to fruition in the last few years. Uh, Do you realize right now we've got 331 children involved in our children's ministry on Sundays, and a number of them are involved also in our ministry on Wednesday nights with Awana. Um, We've got as many as 29 babies uh, right now being rocked downstairs, and uh, it's just nothing like church
0: growth, you know. Uh, (laughs) That's right. Commitment to that.
1: Yeah, it's it's just exciting uh, what God has done. With our children's ministry numbers, I mean there, there's you know 80 uh, volunteers each Sunday that it requires just to to staff our children's ministry, um, and a number of you have been a part of that ministry for a long time. Uh, but you know there's there's a lot of people involved in this ministry, and anytime you have a lot of people involved in a ministry, there's a need for a lot of physical space. And so back in December of 05, we began to realize that we needed to come up with some solutions to the challenges that God was placing us in.
0: Yeah, I can remember a time when it was a little running joke, uh, we, all of our elders had four kids, and that was the one of the, we about making that a requirement, you know, you had to have four children in order to qualify to be an elder, but uh, it's always cool to know we're having babies as a church family, because that really means we're continuing to grow and continuing to reach young families, and um, we really do want to unpack some things for you today, because it's, it's, we live in this world somewhat as your leaders, And what often happens is we don't give you a real window into some of what God is doing. And so we really want to talk about some of the mighty acts and the wonderful works and the incredible deeds that He has done. We want to bring it out just as it talks about in that psalm. We want to commend them to all of us. We want to celebrate them together. And so that's really what we're trying to get done. And I want you to know that if we could just sort of reel back a little bit. um, In uh, June of 2007... Uh, we decided we needed to to do it we wanted to be open to what God wanted to do and one of the things I told the guys is I don't want to just assume that God wants us to build on this site and continue to expand the site let's just be bold enough to ask the Lord to lead us however he wanted to lead us and so we put together um, this long-term space task force and they began to look into what would be the possibility if we moved even, if we just picked up and went someplace else. And one of the things they found, it would take about $2 million to to buy land, the same size of land, not even more land, but about the same size we had. That it would take about $7.5 million to duplicate the facility that we already have. And then about another $4 million to, to build an expanded children's ministry building. And uh, so that totals up to about $14 million dollars. And then we just found out, as we did an analysis on our current property, um, that if we were to probably put this on the market right now, it would bring about 3.3 million dollars. And so when you take that off the top, then to move was going to be a 10 to 11 million dollar adventure. And we were just sensing Wildwood wasn't at the size where we could take on that kind of an adventure. But there was another problem, and that was that if we were going to stay here, we needed to have land. We were out of land, and most of you know if you come at this hour that parking is at a premium. So we needed to have land, and frankly, that looked impossible. It looked completely impossible for us to get land. But as we were praying through that, asking God to lead us, just you show us how you want us to go through a whole series of supernatural events, and I don't have time to get into all of the details about that. It was incredible. And we learned that there was some land to the north of us that was was owned by uh, the city of Norman and the Parks Department. And through working with them and working with uh, a couple of landowners, Dr. Frost and and Kevin Young, we were able to get a hold of several more acres of land. I mean, this was an incredible miracle, humanly speaking. And uh, if you, if you go to the north and you drive to the north, you'll, you'll notice there's a sort of an old cattle gate or farm gate uh, up there, and that's the, the northern end of our property that we now have. And so it was incredible for God to lead us all of that way. And, you know, I think it, just actually focusing on getting the land, it, like 100 hours of time had to be spent just going through all of that process. But that's part of what God was doing. And that was really encouraging to our hearts to see Him at work as we were asking Him to lead.
1: And that was certainly a confirmation. We felt like God was in this. One of our first obstacles was the land and we prayed and asked God for His leading. And, and suddenly we had the land that we felt like we needed to be able to develop this site and stay here further. And so with that provision, we decided to continue on into the next step. And, and that was really to begin sharing the vision about the construction of the space. And back on March the 30th, 2008, the Pass It On initiative began uh, here at Wildwood. It was a six-week adventure where we shared this vision and uh, some of the things that Bruce shared earlier and why we were interested in in taking this step and why we believe God was leading us to increase our investment with children's ministry. And over that six weeks, we gave um, everyone here the opportunity to prayerfully consider making a, a designated gift towards this children's ministry addition uh, and at the end of that six-week period of time on may the 4th 2008 we had 2.2 million dollars that was pledged and and we were blown away by that we were amazing. so
0: thankful totally amazing uh, yeah
1: for, for for how god had worked and how he had answered again it was another affirmation that god was continuing to lead us down this path to continue to proceed so we praised god for that provision of 2.2 million dollars and, and we kept planning um And really, uh, when, when you, you you fast forward, the next thing on the timeline was in October, October two thousand and eight, we had a cost estimate done uh, on the project, and that's where you take the drawings that we had spent, you know a couple thousand hours uh, looking over those drawings and honing them and getting them ready to go. And they were delivered to a cost estimator in October to give us an idea of, of how, what was the cost of the project, really. Uh, and what we saw was that that cost estimate came back seven hundred thousand dollars higher than we had originally budgeted um and, and there were several reasons for that that was
0: discouraging that was Th- yeah, very that was discouraging. discouraging
1: that's right uh, thank you for the commentary that was uh, <laughs> that was it was very discouraging and you know part of uh, part of what was going on in the world at this time was um that there was a lot of construction going on uh, this is before a lot of the economic uh, fallout at the end of the year uh, and a lot of the steel of the world was going to build large dams in China and, and the, uh, also the, the bird's nest, you know, half of the world's steel went into that. If you saw the Olympics last year, <laughs> um, but, but, you know, a lot of those kinds of factors as well as other things locally were driving construction costs up and we looked up and we were $700,000 over what we had originally budgeted. And so we, we took it before the Lord in prayer. We, we had hours of meetings where we talked and prayed about what God would have us to do next. And we felt like we'd, we'd come this far, we needed to take the next step and actually take these drawings and send them out and get real bids. And of course, from October until um, on into March, there was economic changes in our country and in the climate. And when the bids came back in, in March, 2009, they were actually $500,000 less than we had originally budgeted. That's a swing of $1.2 million. Um, that was encouraging. October.
0: That was encouraging. That was
1: encouraging, yeah. yeah. Some keen insight over there, Bruce. Uh, we, were, we were praising God for that. Um, that was it, really it was it was it was awesome. I, uh, Bruce and I had talked before about how we were trusting that, that God might give Wildwood a million dollars in this in the in the part of this process. And I remember when we saw those numbers come in, I, I turned to Bruce and said, "Bruce, there's the million dollars. Um, we've been trusting God for this, and and uh, He had provided."
0: Well, again, part of our reason, just so if you're wondering at this stage, why do we share with you so much detail? We just want you in on the blessing of what God has been doing, just so you have a window into this, because it's really, really exciting. And, um, you know, God is always at work. He is never off duty. The problem is sometimes we don't really see what He is doing, and we just simply want to emphasize some of the ways that God has really, really been at work in this whole process. And, and part of that involved, you know, when we were going to expand our ministry to children, like double it, part of that has to do with a facility, but part of that has to do with staffing. And part of that meant that we wanted to hire a full-time children's pastor. Now, I don't know if you know this or not, but that is not an easy thing to do in our culture today. There's people for almost every position you can think of in a church, but there's a small pool of individuals who have a passion and a desire to really uh, minister to kids. And um, in October 23rd of 2008, this last October, after we'd done a lot of investigating and we'd turned every rock that we could, we actually had an elders meeting where where Mark and I were just sharing with them that we had no leads on a new children's pastor. And uh, this, this process just doesn't happen in 30 days. You know, it's really a, a multiple month thing. Even if you get names, you have to check with them and you have to interview them and you have to find out their background and I- interview their references. And then, you, ha- you know, it's, it's a whole series of meetings. So literally in October, we're telling the elders, we don't know if we're going to have anybody by next June. And that which, was discouraging. And that was discouraging. And, and one, one, one yeah, thing, just,
1: just to add to that, um, I remember I was discouraged in the meeting, and as I was sharing this, you know, I wasn't cheery. And um, at, at that time, uh, our Mike Strauss, the chairman of our elder board, actually said, hey, let's just pray and take it to God. Who knows what he'll do?
0: Yeah, very, very true. And um, I, I, I tell you, discouraged probably isn't a strong enough word at that point. But here's what's really cool, is on December the 9th, myself and Mark and Jason met with Brian Hayes on the Dallas Theological Seminary campus, and it was just so cool, the connection that we felt, and we felt like we were on the same page. And then, February 25th, he became our new children's pastor. And that is just an incredibly awesome thing. You just have to understand, God was at work. And that's just part of what he's been doing. And uh, you'll, you'll notice that also in August of 2008, uh, we, we built our bridge over here to our new parking lot, uh, the bridge over the River Kwai, you know, the, the bridge that for a while was to nowhere. But it was actually going somewhere because we we're going to build a parking lot over that. And even that has been a real thrill because... Um, the, the community around the church has been so pleased with the quality and the look of that bridge. And that's one of the things we wanted to do is we wanted to encourage the community. And we've actually received, you know, some written um, thanks for developing. And that's a weird thing, you know, because people get nervous about churches growing and, and building things and building parking lots. But we've gotten great compliments because God's been in the middle of all of that. He's been doing things with that. And then in February of, of 2009, our parking lot work began, and it was supposed to be done in 30 days. This is the way things work, and there are some issues that came up, but we, we've gotten over those things. And so we're really, really excited because I think all the hurdles have been hurdled now. And so we hope that the 1st of May um, our parking lot will open. May 2010? No, 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 no. <laughs> Oh, you of little faith. Uh, now, we hope really by the 1st of May, that'll be opened up. And then, Lord willing, because we have already selected a contractor, Lord willing, in the first couple of weeks of May, construction will begin on the building that we've been praying about for a number of years. Yeah, you can go ahead and clap for that. Go ahead, Mark.
1: And you know we we've been praising God for this, and, and like Bruce said, we wanted to give all of us the chance to praise God uh, with us. You know, so many times the things that God does in our lives are are not are not as tangible, right? They're not they're not physical. It's not brick and mortar. Um, and we can tell and commend of those great works of God, but there's something when God does something physical that all of us can look at and be reminded of what He's done. And part of what we wanted to do today was we wanted all of us to be reminded of that, so that as soon as that cornerstone is laid out there and as soon as the foundation is poured and that building goes up and the carpet is laid and all of that process goes on, that none of us would walk by and see that and go, oh look, construction. And none of us would walk by and look at that and go, oh look, a building. But that all of us would walk by and see that and go, oh look what God did. Not what we've done. Look at his awesome works, his mighty deeds. Look at what he has done in our midst. Let's Celebrate that and share that together. And we have that opportunity now that we all know the story of what God has been up to. And and this is just a a portion of what we could have shared today because God has been at work in this process. Now, as we do each week um, with our messages, we wanted to end with some life response. How do we respond to this information? And one of the things that we need to do as we respond is that we need to praise god just praise him what a what an awesome thing it is for us to have seen god work and then to declare praise to his name Uh, i need to thank god remember it's his work his mighty deeds and we can praise him for the spiritual blessings that he's given us we can praise him for the physical provision of buildings that he's given us we can praise him for all of the children who will be impacted by the gospel of Jesus Christ in that building, we can praise Him. It is His work. And one response that we can take is to praise God. A second thing that we can do though, uh, is that we can continue on in the commitments. Many of you here uh, made commitments last uh, last May, three year commitments towards the Pass It On initiative. And uh, again, we, we, we thank you and we praise God for how He's working through all of us to provide the funds necessary for this project but one thing that you can do is you can continue to press on towards fulfilling uh, what you trusted God for uh, last May and you know doing that uh, there's a couple of things just to mention with that one is you know when you see that we are half a million dollars less than our original bid you might be tempted to think well wow we've got you know, a lot extra money you don't need mine anymore I'll just just keep that and not fulfill the pledge because the project came in at a lower amount Uh, The reality is that uh, we want to have as little amount of debt as possible um, that we put onto a long-term mortgage at the end of this project. And so actually, we still need all of the commitments that came in. We're even um, counting on them as a part of this project uh, as God can work through all of us to provide the funds necessary for this. Um, And actually, if you can increase the speed at which you are giving that, I mean, some of you can't, and I totally understand that, but if you're someone who's in a position where you might be able to pay faster on your commitment sometime in the next 12 months, then that would allow us to have more money on hand a year from now so that we would have to finance fewer dollars on the long-term uh, financing, long-term mortgage on the building. Um, so something to consider uh, with that. But, but just continue to give. And continue to give joyfully. We're giving to something that God is doing.
0: Uh,
1: the second thing, or another thing is... Um, If you are someone who didn't make a commitment last year, either because God wasn't leading you in that direction last spring or because you're new to Wildwood in the last year, uh, if that describes you and you're interested in giving uh, some targeted giving towards this uh, program, uh, we would love to have you do that. You can do that at any time by marking Pass It On on the memo section of your check. You can drop it in the offering. Or today, we've got a bucket out on the Pass It On table in the gathering hall. You could actually drop it in there specifically,
0: and it'll go to that. What if if you're younger, or you're a college-age student, or high school, or whatever? Yes.
1: You know, it's it's, it's really interesting. Last year, when we were considering this uh, project, and as we were sharing this vision um, with many of you, some of you may remember me saying this, but something that God really impressed upon my heart was how God took the fish and loaves, the little lunch of a little boy, and to the little boy, it was one lunch, but in the hands of Christ, it was enough to feed thousands of people Uh, in the same way uh, regardless of your age regardless of how big the amount is in your eyes or in my eyes or whatever it's in the hands of Christ it can do awesome things and we had a number of children even make commitments towards pass it on and and that's exciting and so if you're here today and even if you've got you know a nickel that God is leading you to give that's fantastic that's the fish in the loaves to the bucket, or for yeah, something want, we else. We want everybody yeah, to
0: have a little part in the blessing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Every, everybody can participate in what God is doing through this. Uh, so that's that's another uh, opportunity to be involved. And another thing is that you can serve Him. You can serve Him. You can serve in in one of the varied uh, ministries to our children. You know, right now there's a recruiting process that is going on in our children's ministry, and some of you may have been contacted. You know, right now we've got about 300 people in this calendar year who are serving in some facet of our children's ministry, Sunday morning, Awana, uh, child care. That's a staggering number of people. I mean, we, we praise God for that. Uh, But if if you're someone who is here today and and you're interested in serving or or interested in continuing in your your service, you can let your ministry leader know about that. Uh, If you're someone who is wanting to get involved, you can get involved by contacting the church office and talking to Brian Hayes, our children's pastor. We'd love to help connect you into ministry with our children. Specifically, we have some needs in our preschool area right now, but if you're interested in serving, that's one way that you can get involved that way. Also, as the church grows, we're going to have needs uh, to serve in a variety of contexts, for ministry to adults and youth and, and basically everything you can imagine. So one thing that you might be doing is, is trusting God, asking God, what is it that you want me to do in response to what you're doing uh, through the body here at Wildwood? Uh, and then another thing that you can do is you can pray. You can pray for what God is doing here and now uh, in our midst. And, uh, you know, you can, you can pray for the construction process to, to move swiftly and with little changes. Um, I'm finding out changes equal money. So we, we, we want it to be as few of changes as possible, right? You can pray for that during the, the process. Uh, you, you, can, you can pray um, for safety for the construction workers. You, you can pray for a good rapport between us as a body of Christ and our testimony with them as they work on our facility. Uh, you can pray for the remainder of the finances to come in. Uh, you can pray for the ministry that's going to take place in the facility, that God would do great and mighty things. Uh, but we can pray. We can take our needs to God and watch Him answer them as we take them to Him in prayer. And one way that we wanted to help kind of kickstart or, or add a booster shot to our prayer on this uh, on this particular issue is this morning, right after this service is over. So as we, when we dismiss here in just a minute, we want to invite all of you to come and join us out back on the piece of land where the building is going to be. We've got white spray paint on the ground that marks the perimeter of the building. And we want all of you to come. If you've got children downstairs in the children's ministry, go get them and then bring them out there. This will be a great time for us to gather as a body. It's not going to be long. It's going to be a short time of prayer. But it will allow us to gather together. Uh, and to pray over this land and pray for what God might do in the process. And then after we pray, we're going to have our gro- a groundbreaking uh, on this. And, and Bruce, how, how often have we had a groundbreaking here at Wildwood?
0: Well, since, since I've been here uh, since 1979, we've never had a groundbreaking in that time. Uh, and that's simply because we kept, either we bought another facility like this facility or we keep expanding inside of this. So this is pretty thrilling to me. Nearly 30 years this summer being here, and the first groundbreaking—first time we've ever been able to break ground. So it'll be cool. So
1: if once every 30 years we do this, you better come today <laughs> if you want to if you want to be there for it. But uh, it'll be it'll be great. We're gonna, it's going to be short, be brief. It's for your family. Um, join us as we gather around the perimeter of this building, and we offer it up. Actually, it really room is room. pretty cool
0: because when we had that outline sprayed, we all stood there like, "Whoa." This is, this is a two-story building. But this, this is a building. It really surprises. So if you'd like to actually get a physical feel for it, come on out. Yeah, and we, we'd love to have you there.
1: You know, one of the things that Bruce said at the beginning is that Wildwood is not what it was, but it's not yet what it will be. And uh, really, that's what this is all about. We've seen God work. We're commending of his great works. But we're also trusting him for great things in the future. Not just brick and mortar, but we're trusting him to shape and mold the lives of children in this community. To his glory and for his purpose and we just get to go along for the ride uh, what an awesome thing that it is uh, and you know when we kicked off this um, passing on initiative last year we sang a song I introduced a song at that time uh, that talked about how we serve the God who is the God of this city and that because he is the God of this city not just of 2,000 years ago but he's the God of this city right now he is sovereign over the land on which we stand because that is the God that we serve and know, then we believe that greater things are yet to come. Greater things are still to be done in Norman because God is at work. We're going to close by reflecting on that as we sing a song together, and then we'll join out back for the time of prayer. Let me pray for us. Father, I thank you for today, and I thank you for the time that you have given us as your body to gather and to reflect on your great and mighty works. Your awesome things that you have done. And Father, I'm sure compared to some things, there's, these are small things, but from our perspective and from our eyes, you have done great and mighty things. And so we just praise you for that. Father, you're a good God, and if you have been at work here at Wildwood, that's a reminder to all of us that you are at work in our individual lives as well. And so we're encouraged by hearing of your great works because we know that you want to offer great works to all of us. Father, we pray that you would continue to lead, to guide, and to provide for us as a body in the days ahead. And we pray these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.